Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. Alicia's a comedian, wife, author of Smart Wedding, who once ran into her ex-fiancé from Tasmania on 6th Avenue in New York after buying her wedding dress for her second fiancé. Alicia, that sounds totes ox. Yeah, it was totes ox. Currently, if we're talking like 17-year-olds, it was. And it was one of those stories that I tell now and people go, no shit, that did not happen to you. And it absolutely did happen to me. We were in New York, my producer and I, just for like four days. It was a crazy trip. We flew all the way from Australia, which is a 22-hour flight. I was wrecked. We did the stories and then we had about a half a day to shop. So... I said, let's go and check out some bridal stores. And we went in, I tried a couple of dresses on. And as I walked out, we're on 6th Avenue. As I walked out, who could I see walking towards me was my ex-fiance from Tasmania. Now, I had not seen this guy for years. I had no idea he was in New York. Absolutely not a clue. And my producer, Becky, had never met him before. And I had this sort of compulsion. I yelled his name out. We had a bit of a chat I didn't, you know, I didn't really compute what was going on. Becky, like halfway through the conversation, figured out who this guy was. And then we sort of left. We departed. And it was super bizarre to see someone that you know quite well, or did know, on the other side of the world who you'd had a broken engagement with after you just found a wedding dress for your current engagement. There it is. Alicia's random story. I don't believe in all the woo-woo and the wah-wah, you know, spirituality stuff. It's not my bag. But that did make me to take a step back and have a couple of cocktails that night and, you know, think about my life in a really good way. Side note to that story is I did buy a wedding dress in New York and then three weeks before the wedding, and I will go into this in a lot more detail in another episode, but three weeks before the wedding, I decided that was not the dress for me and had to start all over again. Of course I did, because why would anything be easy, Alicia? Oy vey, stories for other times. Today's episode, I'm really excited to bring this episode to you because I'm trying to broaden our horizons wedding-wise, and I know that a lot of listeners are planning weddings that aren't necessarily your stock standard white person wedding. We've all got culture, we've all got backgrounds, we all come from different religions and faiths. Some people don't have any, like me. That's fine. But I found this website called Secret Wedding Blog, and uh, it's it's a great website. It's a great resource for multicultural, multi-faith, interfaith, whatever you want to call it, weddings. Like a lot of blogs, Secret Wedding Blog came about because Raj saw there was a huge gap in the market. We see a lot of, of, uh, the same sort of weddings in wedding magazines. And she sort of said, why don't we, why don't we sort of highlight some of the amazing mixed marriages and mixed wedding ceremonies where people are sort of sprinkling in their faith and religions and their cultures. So it was great last week talking to Karen from Smashing the Glass all about Jewish weddings. So I thought, why not extend this a little bit and we'll talk about multicultural weddings. And when I say multicultural weddings, it doesn't mean you have to be from India and he has to be from Alaska. This, I mean, there are so many different variations and every day people are getting married and successfully combining traditions and cultures in wonderful ways. And uh, Raj highlights them. So let's head to the interview now with Raj from Secret Wedding Blog. Raj, thank you so much for joining me on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. You're so lovely and giggly already. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. I've listened to all your podcasts so far. In the shower, that's why I listen to them all. <laughs> See, I, I love that question to go, where do you listen to podcasts? Yep, in the shower. I love it. The shower time is so boring, so I thought, why not do a podcast? 
I think it's perfect. It's yeah, a perfect it place to listen to podcasts. I run and podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. It I take... tried to listen to it at the gym, but I was a bit like, I just stopped running and I was just like, stood there listening. Like, Hang on. I'm not motivated. <laughs> it is hard because you sometimes get so, I try and think, oh, if I'm running and it hurts... Yeah. Or I'm feeling particularly, you know, unrunny. Yeah. Then it sometimes distracts me. But I do get that if I giggle or laugh or go, oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. I do lose coordination. <laughs> so Raj, I came across your wedding blog. It's called secretweddingblog.com. Yep. I came across this a few months ago mm-hmm. because I was thinking I'm starting this wedding podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert. I like to learn with all of my guests and learn with all of my listeners. Yeah. And the one area I am clueless about is multicultural, interfaith, mixed faith, dual religions, combination weddings. Yeah. It's it's a hard one really because I find there's two industries. There's the Asian wedding industry, which is fine, just focus on like Asian weddings. Then there's the normal wedding industry, but they don't really combine the two. Mm. So I find it quite hard. So I started looking at blogs and I was like, oh, they're so pretty, like the white gown. But then I was like, but what if I want to have two ceremonies? I'm Sikh and my boyfriend's Christian. I'm like, I'm not engaged, but I think, how would I do it? Because some of the, like, Gurdwaras don't allow non-Sikhs to get married there. But when you've grown up, dreamt of having your big Sikh wedding, it it just throws a span in the works, really. I bet. It is such a new world to me, and fascinating world. Yeah. But also, I I read the blog and think, gosh, it must be so hard for people that do come from cultures that are quite restrictive, I suppose, (laughs) in going tradition, and then trying to combo it with someone else that has come from a completely different background and culture. Yeah. I can absolutely see why the blog has been successful. Yeah, it's like people just find it so hard, like mm. planning a wedding anyway, but plan, trying to plan a multicultural wedding with two cultures. Oh, and two families with their yeah, own two belief exactly. systems. You can't please everyone, though. You can't. It's just, <laughs> that's rule number one. Don't please everyone. You've got to do it for yourself. You do? Yeah. What has been the challenge for you so far? I mean, you present beautiful, real-life, multicultural weddings. Mm-hmm. What's been the challenge for you so far in presenting these? I think it's been quite supportive since I first had it up. But then I had some a bit of an issue with a certain religious forum who didn't mm. like what I was posting mm. because they obviously they want the religion to stay, people to stay in the religion. They don't want people to marry out because they want to preserve it, which is fine. Like, I understand why they think that way because that's how they've been brought up. Whereas I'm over here thinking, no, we can all mix and match. It's fine. Of course, yeah, it's fine. But they didn't like that and I know it's a bit upsetting because I'm just here trying to help people like myself like other people majority majority of it has been supportive now I read a gorgeous post about your mum your mum she shared her her wedding story yeah she did um now so she you described it as a semi-arranged marriage yeah can you explain what that is yeah so basically my mum and her parents went to my dad's parents house and then she just thought she was going to meet the family of my dad. And then they kind of sprung it on her that he's there. And she's like, what? Because she, all her life she's been brought up not to speak to boys. My, grand, my grandma's like, don't, you know, don't speak to the boys. <laughs> like, you, you know, don't do that. So all of a sudden she's put into his room, expect to talk to him. So she was really shy. And then he was like making all the conversation. But then they got to like speaking. And then they had to say pretty much if they wanted to get married or not. That's from, what, from that one yeah, meeting? Yeah, one meeting. Full on. Yeah. And because my parents both, like, they're both good people, they want to please their parents. So, like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Let's like, get wow. married. And then they were married after that. I love that you, your mum says, I was old when I got married. And I she's 21. I know. And then she's like, I was too young to get married. She embraced that. Yeah. But now does see a different way of yeah. life 
for your sisters and exactly. yourself. Exactly. And I just find it so hard for her because, well, and my dad, because they didn't really have a say in it. They had to go with the flow. And then me and my sister come along, like, we want to do what we want. We, wanna, like, <laughs> we don't want to have a secret, you know, boyfriend or husband. And then she's always tried to please her parents, whereas now we're doing what we want to mm-hmm. because we can. And she's allowed us that freedom. So it's difficult for her to see because she doesn't want to disappoint my grandparents because they're like traditional Sikh family and she, so is she. Whereas we're just modern now. And like You're rogue. You yeah. could be doing your own thing. <laughs> I know. We're rebel. <laughs> but I think also the fact that you're doing this blog and you are bringing awareness to the fact this is progression. This is what happens yeah. in society now. I think that's a, they should, it's a tip of the hat. They should be saying, well done, Rush. They should be. They probably <laughs> won't, though. They're just, yeah. What do they think about the blog? What does your mum think about the blog? Well, my mum, she's glad that I'm doing the blog, but she knows I'm going to get, like, backlash from it. Mm. And then my dad's, like, glad I'm doing it. Good. Because he only found out about my partner not long ago, which is hard, hard for him because his parents are quite strict. So they they know it's changing, but I think it's with a lot of families. They'll say, oh, you know, it's fine, it's fine, as long as it's not our own child. Right, so they're going, that's yeah. cool if it's, we, we're totally accepting, yeah. but not in my house. Yeah, like they <sighs> won't say it, but you know people do think like that, and it's... Yeah. But I think what your blog does is really show people that you can combine, especially as well yeah. if you've got two quite prominent faiths that are together, you can absolutely create a wedding that is respectful yeah exactly like, for both yeah because my cousin in um, New York she she's Sikh and my and her husband's Christian and then but he's Indian and he's a Christian so they, they had like two ceremonies and that was the first like, fusion wedding I had in the blog and then they had the wedding in the temple then they had the wedding like you know a, a Christian ceremony afterwards and that was perfect that was fine for them but that's what I want to say because people you can have like two ceremonies now we can have one you can you need to find out what is important to you, like traditions, like religion-wise. Like, if it's not, that's fine. Just have one ceremony. But it's the fact that you like, marrying who you want to. Yeah. With no other pressure from other people saying, you know, do this, do that. It's just, you have to do what you want to when it comes to your own wedding. Totally. Like, it's going to be hard trying to please everyone with cultures and traditions, especially, but... Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. You see, that should be on a T-shirt, but oh, well. Oh, well. Shut up! Yeah, my wedding, exactly. <laughs> I'm paying for it. <laughs> it well, that's true. If, especially oh, if you're footing the bill, I think oh, no. that they. You know, I, I always say, especially with guest lists and with details. If and yeah, even if parents are contributing, you need to be able to be say to them, "Hey, chill out. This is yeah, our big day. Exactly. If you want your own party, plan it yourself." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Raj, some of the weddings you've featured on the blog so far, I'm going to say they would make great restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. You had a Canadian Chinese Belgian wedding. And all I could, it was amazing. All I could think of was waffles and dumplings. <laughs> my mind instantly goes to my stomach and oh, to go no. think of the amazing food at that wedding. You also had Indian Japanese fusion. Yeah. Beautiful it wedding. Sound good. And to go, of course, they're two cultures that I would never really imagine together. Yeah. You also had Dutch Puerto Rican. Yeah, that was one of my favourite ones, actually. Oh, I love seeing people dressing, especially in their yeah. traditional yeah, garb. I do. Amazing. No. The colour. Because I think, you know, I hate to say it, but 
I have get sort of worked up on Pinterest and things looking the same all yeah. the time. You it's know, you've got the now, yeah, yeah, same. You've got the white cut off, you know, dress. <laughs> yeah. The guys all wear the same stuff, and then when you go to blogs like yours, you, it's a world of opportunity. <laughs> Where were you on? <laughs> oh, color, <laughs> <Too> so extreme, <laughs> totally. Yeah, you look at the Canadian Chinese Belgian wedding, mm. and and say they're wearing clothes that they probably would never, yeah, the partner would never wear. I love that. Me too. I just love how they get involved because it shows that they're, they're fully committed to that wedding and mm. to their marriage and the other person's, you know, religion and culture. I just think it's so nice to see, like, a groom wearing a turban who isn't, you know, a Sikh or a, uh, a bride wearing something she wouldn't, you know, traditionally wear. Yeah, blonde girl in a sari. Exactly. Love it. They look gorgeous. They do. And also, I did notice you, there was a... And I will link to all these... Um, yeah. I will link to all these posts in my show notes. But mm-hmm. there was one, and I cannot remember, it was an American wedding in Napa Valley, and I think it might have been a Sikh wedding, and she was blonde, and she ended up wearing a sari. Oh, a Hindu, a Hindu, a Hindu wedding. Yeah, that's... Yeah, oh, gorgeous. Was, and all the bridesmaids were wearing saris. And I'm like, yeah. that is a perfect solution it's, to all body shapes exactly it's fine that star looks amazing everyone as i think but all my <laughs> friends are like we can't wait for your wedding we want to wear a star because all my friends are like i'm in my group they're all like they're all white christian or you know white yeah. they've never been to india wedding so they're excited for mine i'm like oh, I'm not engaged yet <laughs> yeah i'm not engaged <laughs> they're already going right that's, i'm gonna wear a purple sari <laughs> yeah but I think that's wonderful that your friends are embracing it and yeah. saying we want to get involved and be a part of it, especially in, you know, the whole theme of it as well. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It, it makes you feel like happy. You think, oh, that's really nice. I'm excited for them to be able to experience their first like Asian wedding as well. How do you decide what is important if you are mixing faiths and multicultural backgrounds as a couple? Firstly, I would say you'd like lay down what you want and then say you want one tradition and he wants another one then you need to figure out how you're going to combine them together yep because it might be important to him and not to you but it'll be the vice versa as well so you need to find out how you're going to blend the two yeah and how important it is because if it's like something you're doing for the sake of it what's the point it's like pointless what i see on your website a lot is people just having two ceremonies mm. which i mean I is it. fabulous no, if i could have had another ceremony <laughs> I would have done it. Of course it was <laughs> Two outfit changes, two days. I mean, budget-wise, oh. might be crazy. It, it just costs, <laughs> it just costs so much. And I just think, I, you know, I love weddings. That's what, you know, I've got a wedding blog. But I would write really like a house at the end of it and not just a £350,000 wedding. And that's what people are spending. I mean, yeah. I went to do, I do this sort of go to bridal exhibitions and, mm. and, and meet that's where I get all my little grabs yeah, for when yeah, you hear them you. in the episodes. <laughs> and it's great because you meet this huge range of people yeah. and meet people that are planning weddings with only 10 people. And yeah. then I meet people that are doing 500 people. It's ex- the, the extremes, really. But I always wonder, you know, there's so much emphasis placed on the amount of people, um, you know, invited and how big this thing's going to be. It's a lot of pressure. It is. It's ridiculous. Um, there was a post I did called um, Is It Impossible to Keep Everyone Happy at an Asian Wedding? And that's because I heard it on a BBC Asian Network, he, the presenter, Nihal, he was asking. And I was like, well, it's, it is impossible because there's so many people. Like, when you invite... Basically, I'll just give an example from, like, Sikh weddings because that's what I know, really. Um, say you have your parents... You have your parents, you have your partner's parents, you invite who you want, you invite family. And obviously, Sikh families are massive, so you invite all your cousins, then you have people who live in the villages in India, and then you know the villages' neighbours, cousins, brother, 
they all get invited. That's why they're so big, because you have so many people. Mainly, I've been to weddings that I know only the groom or the bride, yeah. and you don't know anyone else. But some weddings, like my cousin, because my cousins, they live in like the Asian area, so they get invited to a lot more weddings than we do. They go to weddings. They don't even know who they are. Really? Around, yeah. <gasps> it's only going, because like, say my auntie and my uncle are invited. So my cousin's going along, and she's like, uh, I don't know who it was, but it was, good. it was a good wedding. I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just like... I just think, in my wedding, I don't want that. I've, you know, I want it more personal and I want everyone I know there and not just people who you have, feel like you have to invite because it's like someone your granddad knew or you mm. know, your grandma. I did an episode recently uh, about the guest list. Oh. And I talk a lot about <laughs> obligation guests. Oh, it's the worst. It is the worst. And I feel there's obviously, and, and I suppose when I did the episode, I didn't even really take into consideration, which I should have, mm. multicultural yeah. weddings where you have a lot more people involved. Yeah. How do you get about, you know, how will you go about making that decision and not offending people? <laughs> it's it's going to be tough if you have a big family to cut it down. If you can afford it, great. But like I said, I want a house as well at the end. Of course. So I think you, I think I'd probably cut it down to a small intimate wedding then probably have like a big What's reception. The, and what would that be Raj? A small intimate <laughs> wedding. No pressure. Under 200? Yeah, under 200 is fine. Mm. So it's interesting and I think talking about your background but also some of the backgrounds I've been reading about people on the blog mm. that have obviously strict family members who just can't see past their own tradition and religions. Yeah. That's a big problem. <laughs> oh, I don't know where to begin with this because I understand, like, I fully understand where they're coming from mm. because it's what they used to. Whereas other people have come along and, you know, they're open to everything and it's fine for them to marry outside the religion. But it's just convinced, I think it's just the old generation who find it so much more difficult. They're like, they'll come round to it eventually, I think. Well, some people don't, which is really sad, but some people do. But it just takes a lot of time and getting used to, but... It depends what they what they're like as people, really. Yeah, because there's some people who are just extremists, aren't they? And they ruin it for everyone. Yeah, like, I agree. They just like people kill their daughter if they marry like someone outside their own faith, and that just makes you feel so physically sick because you just think, how can you do that? It's your daughter just because she fell in love with someone else. It just <sighs> come. Oh. oh, totally. And yeah. I think this is the thing. It's also. What I th- I admire about what you're doing, and some people will go, oh, she's just writing a wedding blog. But mm. I think when you look, again, in incidents like what you are just talking about, yeah. there's a lot of political aspects yeah. of what you're presenting. There is. So when you brush past the surface, you, you do see that this, this is combining a lot of current, uh, and not to get too serious on the Safe Date wedding blog, <laughs> just to say. Yeah. But it is. <laughs> Everyone relax. I'm not yeah. getting too political. <laughs> But it is a problem we're yeah. having in our society. All this stuff that's happening currently is because of, you know, people not agreeing with other people's religions mm. and things that go back a lot, of, a lot of years. So I think what you're presenting is, is a very new way of looking at things yeah. and a positive way to yes. embrace these exactly. current issues. No negativity on the blog, just all positive. Because I think if I go to websites and I'll see, oh, a beautiful, like, um, multicultural wedding, I think, oh, it's really nice. I look at comments, and if someone's put horrible comments, I just, that just breaks my heart. You think, why? Why would they do that? Just, you know, it's just like when you go on YouTube videos, you see the hateful comments. I'm like, oh, why would you go out your way to be nasty? I just think, it's they're doing it for themselves. It's nothing to do with you. 
Yeah, I think they're they're blinded by their own uh, idiocy. Can I just say quietly? Yeah, lots of uh, idiots that, but also keyboard warriors. I think we said this off mic um, yeah. earlier on. People are quite happy to make these sort of rash comments, but they would never say it to your face, right? Exactly. If they are, just tell them where to come. They can come and visit me. <laughs> Jerks. I, know. I just think like I have things I don't like, but I would never go my way to be spiteful, like be nasty to anyone because that's not you know that's not who I am no but I just think when it comes to someone's like wedding and like the way they want to live their life like there's a Bollywood actress and she's Hindu and then she married uh, another Bollywood actor and he's um, Islamic and that's fine like how are people more accepted of that than they are not to normal people like Jay Sean he's Indian but he got married to someone who isn't Indian and then that's fine. Is it because he's rich and famous? I don't know. Well, that's right. People put different... Um, yeah. People place different emphasis on people that are in the public eye. Exactly. And then you present people, normal people, <laughs> yeah. on your blog and yeah. you cop flack. I think we've got some super problems in society. It's quite deep. <laughs> it's very deep. It's the deepest we've been on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. No, no apologies. There'll be more from lovely Raj and all of her advice coming up very soon. Raj, where do you see Secret Wedding Blog going? What, where's the future of the blog? I see P, I see Secret Wedding Blog being like the ultimate fusion, multicultural, interfaith wedding blog. So if someone's having a fusion wedding, I want them to think, oh, Secret Wedding Blog, you know, we'll go to that and then we'll get inspiration from it. I just want people to know that it's a blend of cultures, there's no judgments, it's all happy, it's like positive multicultural weddings on the blog. I just want it to grow and grow and then see where it goes from there really yeah and i think you've yeah. got a great list of resources if if you are planning a multicultural wedding and you are looking for stuff to mm. include things to buy i yeah. think you've got a wonderful list of um supplies internationally as well it's not just in the uk yeah i'm doing some posts that explains each like religion and culture so i'm trying to get through them at the minute because i think it's so like one of my most popular posts is gujarati weddings explained because people don't know what it is i don't know what that is yeah so it's useful for those people googling that you know what's that what's that yeah and then i did a post on what to wear to an indian wedding and that's one of my most popular ones as well what do you wear tell me what what do i wear to an indian wedding you can wear a sari get involved (gasps) wear like an indian suit really skirt or trousers yeah so it wouldn't be offensive if whitey alicia showed up in a sari no people love it oh yeah People love, they're so beautiful, saris are. I have an excuse to wear one. I see women in the street wearing them and I'm jealous. I think, oh, our substandard, boring <laughs> clothes. That's what my grandma's like. She was, she's such a diva. She always walked around in an in Indian suit and then she won't wear trainers because it doesn't, look, doesn't match her outfit. Of course. So she would always wear like decent shoes. That's her. So she's sari all the time. She wears wear a suit. suit. suit, yeah. It's like a, a long top. With, like, a scarf and, mm-hmm. like, trousers. You have two wardrobes in one sense. You've got your yeah. Western standard clothes, and then you have the, I'm imagining, um, another amazing wardrobe. Yeah, that's for, like, parties and, like, weddings and special occasions. So if you're going to a wedding in Coventry <laughs> that you've been to before, you don't want to wear the same sari, you know, mix and match. Of course. Go wear it somewhere else. The next well, wedding. you don't want to wear the same dress twice, exactly. so why would you want to wear the same sari twice? Different audience, different sari. Oh, well... <laughs> I'm just jealous that I don't know more Indian people to be invited to these things. When the time comes, when you do get engaged. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping. But you did say, you, you know, you're wondering how your dad will feel about this union. Yeah. 
What do you think? Because they've only just found out about Mark. Yeah. I'm assuming you've been together a little while. Uh, yeah, like, oh, I met him in 2008. Um, so now. did you keep the relationship a secret? Yeah, that's kind of why it's like a secret wedding vlog, because when you have oh. like an interfaith relationship, we don't really want to tell anyone yet, which Mark didn't really understand at first, but I, I told him and I was crying. I was so upset because it was just a big shock for him because he knew Mark as a friend, but you know, it's any more than that. Right. So it was a shock for him to hear it. But he's, you know, came around to it. There's a lot of pressure with people that come from faiths and backgrounds that do have expectations, especially on their women, the, yeah. the females in, in their cultures, it, to I, behave certain ways. It's true. I just think men get away with so much more than women do. Like, if my brother was getting married to someone who wasn't Sikh, I think that would be more acceptable for other people. Yeah. Whereas, because we're a girl... It's like, oh, look at her, you know, going on the wrong track. And I was like, I'm, I'm, a, like, I'm a good girl. I've done everything by the book, how my mum told me to do it. And all I did was fall in love with someone who's not my religion. So I think men do get so much easier, especially like the Asian community. Hell yeah. Yeah. They, well, in yeah. society in general. Don't oh, get me yeah. started. I know. <laughs> going too deep again. <laughs> there we go. Raj, thank you so much for being on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Oh, You've been you. such a delightful guest. <laughs> I've had so much fun, thank you. Oh, it's been a pleasure, and um, I hope I haven't offended anyone. No, me either, I'm sorry. If no, I look at us, we're sorry. But we're not sorry, because we're just saying it like it is. Yeah, it's fine. Secretweddingblog.com, please get in touch with Raj. I know that you always accept um, real weddings as mm-hmm. well on the blog. Yeah. So if you have a, already planned a, a multi-faith, multicultural, interfaith, mixed-faith, dual-religion combo... Got them all in there. <laughs> <laughs> Get in touch. Yeah. Or if you're do. planning one as well, I'm sure you'd love to hear from people planning. Yes, definitely. Please. Get in touch with me. I want to hear all about it. And she's a problem solver too, so if you do have problems, <laughs> <laughs> write to Raj. <laughs> have you got a question that you would like answered by either myself or one of the wedding experts that I have coming up on the show? Please, why don't you send me an email? It, it's so easy. You simply go to savethedatepodcast.com, head to the contact page and uh, type your message, type your question. Because I have some pretty high-end guests coming up. I mean, all my guests are high-end. The previous guests are also high-end. But there's some really exciting people coming along who I'd love to ask them while I have them on the line or in person Ask them some of your questions because it's not very often that you get access to these people one-on-one. And I do and I'm going to use them to every extent that I can. That's me, the user. I'm using on behalf of you, which sounds like some sort of drug dependency thing. So let's move on. Next episode, if you are a DIY bride or groom, if you have any interest in DIY and Etsy in particular, then this is the episode for you. I'm talking to Jen from Something Turquoise, a a really pretty little website. But also, if you overlook the prettiness, it's also a really practical website. Because unlike Pinterest, where you just see the photo of this DIY object and then you follow 40 links and never actually get to any sort of tutorial or instruction how to make this amazing thing, Jen's website, somethingturquoise.com, is all about how to make this stuff, how to get it going. So it is a not-miss, must-not-miss episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast if you are into that sort of bag, which I think most of you would be. There you go. I hope you have a fabulous week, and I cannot wait to talk to you again soon. Happy days. 